John chapter 8, verse 2 says, At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach him. So Jesus is teaching at, you know, at this temple, at the temple courts. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses commands us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? I want you to imagine with me this happening in, in, in real life. This is exactly what happened in the word of God. So it was a public teaching setting. And while Jesus is teaching in the temple courts, in comes an angry mob of people. This would be a good chance to like cue it, illustrate it, like people coming in the door. An angry mob of people come in the door, just like if a group of people were to walk in that back door. They, would, they came in, they took this lady that they had found sleeping around the night before, and they took her and they threw her down in this public setting where Jesus was talking to people, and they start asking Jesus questions. So they were, they were trying so hard to make a point through this lady. It says... They said, what does the law say? And I'll read on. It says, they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, at this, those who heard begin to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left. With the woman still standing there, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go and leave your life of sin. This is awesome. What a passage that tells us about who Jesus is. I just want to pray for us that God's word would just get so deep down inside of our heart. And I, I just pray that God would shift our perspective today. I don't know what your, um, your experience with Christianity has been. Maybe this is, you're just brand new. Hope through this message you can see a picture of who Jesus really, really is. Because there's nothing like him in all the world. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you. Um, that, that you're, you're like none other. And thank you that you see potential in all of us. Thank you you saw potential in me. Speak to us now from your word. And let us be changed. Let us never be the same after this moment in your presence. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Well, in this passage of scripture, we're, we're, we get a couple different things that, is being, that are, are being dealt with. The first of all is this idea of there being right and wrong. These accusers found the lady in the night. I don't know if what they were doing, but they, it's, it, it's, it's as if they're, they were trying to trap this lady. Because I always ask the question about this story, where was the guy, you know? Where was the guy at? Because it takes two to tango. I know this isn't the relationship series, but it takes two to tango, everybody. It takes two to commit what she was committing, and there's just one person there. It's her. And they, they come, and they, and they throw her down, 
in front of Jesus and start asking him questions. You know what the law says, or do you know what the law says? You know, they're like passive aggressive at Jesus. You, you, the law says, as if to accuse that he didn't understand, this woman should be stoned. What do you say that should happen to her? Do you think Jesus didn't know what the law said? Think Jesus didn't know? He was... He, he, he inspired the law. He wrote the law. He was the word made flesh. But then they come to him and say, well, she did this. She deserves this. She committed adultery. She deserves to die. I'm thankful we don't live in that day anymore where, you know, you make a mistake and you die. Or you make a mistake, your hand gets cut off or something like that. That's, they, they were appealing to the law, the right and wrong of the situation. And they, come, they came and they, they brought her before Jesus. The other issue on the table was not necessarily just right and wrong, but it was how is Jesus going to treat someone who is doing something that he disagrees with? How is Jesus going to deal with somebody who is doing something that is, is not right? And, and it begs the question, how do we deal with people in our society that do things that that say things that live out lifestyles or do things how do we deal with people on our work in our workplaces or people in politics or people in the media or people uh, movie stars or our neighbor how do we deal with those people who don't believe what we believe or, or don't live the way that we think they should live. How does Jesus deal with this dichotomy that it's, there's right and wrong and there's this punishment that needs to be put down? And then on the other hand, we're getting a picture of what Jesus is about to do. We're getting a picture of Jesus, what Jesus does. And in just one simple statement, what Jesus does is he includes her. He includes her. Jesus shows us once and for all the power of inclusiveness. The power of reaching out to someone and caring for someone who doesn't necessarily, not necessarily doing the right thing, but instead of seeing her, she had made a mistake, but in Jesus, instead of seeing her as a mistake, he saw her as a person. He didn't just see her for her problem, he saw her as a person. He saw her for her potential. He, he saw something different in her than what the accusers saw in her. I like to say it like this. The accusers drew a line. They saw this lady and they said, We are right and you are wrong. We are righteous, you are sinful. We are law makers, we are law keepers. You, adulterous woman, you are a lawbreaker. He shows us that they drew a line. We're good, you're not. You don't do what we think you should do, so you're bad and we're good. But Jesus does something completely different. I, lo I, lo I love this whole story, everything about it. I could preach all day. But Jesus, if I could say it like this, Jesus took away their line, and Jesus drew a circle. Jesus said, it's not about you being right and you being wrong. Jesus makes a statement. He says, hey, everybody, I got a newsflash. He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. 
He who is without sin, he who's never made a mistake, let him cast a stone. So Jesus said, hey guys, you're all in the same circle. Hey guys, you're all in the same place. It's not about the line in the circle. It's not about just the line that, 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 that we're right and you're wrong. But here's how you treat people that have made mistakes. You draw a circle and you realize we're in this together. What I'm trying to say is drawing circles is a lot better than th- drawing lines. Drawing circles is a lot better than drawing lines. In, in Christianity today, for some reason, we are, we are infatuated with drawing lines. Every controversy, everything that's coming up in culture, every news, every something that's coming up in the news, or some movie that's come out, or some person, or some law, or some lifestyle that we disagree with, and we are the first to get online or to, 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 to let everybody know we're drawing a line, and they're bad, and we're good because we're believers, and they're not, and we stand for this, and they stand for that, and we many times can be like this group of a mob where we're drawing lines when we should be drawing circles. I want to say this about this church is by the grace of God, this church is going to be a church that draws circles instead of lines. This is going to be a church that regardless of kind of where you are, where you found yourself, we want you to know that there's not one person in this place that's perfect except for Jesus Christ. And we're not here trying to put on a plastic smile and act like we don't have problems as Christians. But you know what? We go to the same God that you can go to. And he saw the potential in us, the same potential that he sees in you. And we're not drawing lines, we're drawing circles. What would it look like if we became more circle drawers than line drawers? See, the line looks real spiritual. Looks like they're obeying the word. Looks like they're standing strong. Looks like they're doing the thing. It looks like that's what we should do, right? We need to stand. We need to make a line. The problem is that Jesus didn't do that. He drew a circle. He drew a circle when everyone else was drawing a line. You know, talking about what we are for makes us a whole lot more like Jesus than walking around talking about what we are against. What I've learned about Jesus is, is, is Jesus included people. I want to say this, that we validate people when we include them. I remember being in school and playing, playing basketball and we would divide up teams and the way that we would divide up teams is we would shoot for captains. And we would, the first two that, that hit the three-pointer or, the, or the, the free throw, they would be captains and then they would go to choose them. And I know what it's like to, to be the guy who, man, got lucky and hit the first shot and I'm the captain. But I also know what it's like to not be the captain and to be playing with people and be picked last. Anybody know what it feels like to be picked last? You know, you're standing there. <laughs> you're like, hey. You're thinking, oh, they're going to pick me next. Oh, hey. No, you're picking. And they, it's like there's one person left. It's you. And you're like standing there. And they're like, is there anybody? Is there somebody behind you? You know, is there somebody? Can I choose the person? Can we just... I would just rather not have them on my team, you know, and we'll just, they can, you can be a substitute. That's what you can be. 
when we make the choice to pick people, Jesus included people. Jesus was not the person drawing the line and excluding people. Jesus was the one making the choice to pick the least likely and to say, hey, I want you on my team. I love this passage because it's, at the end of it, it's, you know, they've dropped their stones, they've dropped their rocks, and it's as if Jesus and this lady are just there together, and she's, she's down, she's laying there full of shame and because of what she's done. And it's as if all the accusers are gone, and Jesus is standing there, and he's saying, I'm in your corner. Like, I'm standing here with you. I choose you. You're included in this. I want you to be part of my team. You know, Jesus, he chose some of the craziest people to be on his team. Just look at the disciples, tax collectors. They're not much, we don't like them any much more now than we did, than they did then. I mean, it was not a good choice to have on your team. He chose that. He chose people with issues. He chose one that was, he, he chose somebody to handle the money that had money problems. He, he just chose the most awkward group of people. At one time in the New Testament, he's going about his ministry and he tells his disciples, he says, hey guys, I need to go through Samaria. I need to go through Samaria. And they're thinking, Samaria, those people are dogs. There's nothing good that's going to come out of Samaria. And he thinks, no, there's somebody there that's at a well and she's had five husbands and she's just been looking in this life and never found her peace. But I just have to tell her that if she could drink from this water, she will never thirst again. And it's if he said, I have to go include this lady who everyone else has excluded. Everyone else has drawn a line and said that she's no good. She's damaged good. She will never be what she could be. Jesus says, no, I have to meet her so that I can draw a circle and to let her know that I want her to be a part of my family. Jesus drew circles where everyone else drew lines. What would our world look like if we walked in it as believers, letting people know we're on their side? We may not agree with what they're doing, but we can love the person even if we don't love the action. We can love the person even if we don't love what they're doing. We do this with our kids, don't we? You know, we judge everybody else's kids by their actions. That kid's a brat. But if it's our kid, they're just passionate. They are so passionate. If I could just harness this passion, then they're going to be like the president of the United States. You know, they're going to be incredible. They're passionate. You know, you know they're, they're throwing a fit in, in, you know, right in the middle of the restaurant. And you're like, would somebody stop that kid? He is just so loud. And then the parent's like, you know what? They're just strong-willed, but we're going to use it for the glory of God. You know, we're going <laughs> to, you know, what would happen if we saw other people, not just for what they did, but we saw them as potential? We saw them. And you know what the reason why you see your kids different than you see other people's kids? Because they're yours. Because you change their diaper. Because you pray for them every night. Because you put a roof over their head. Because you want to see them go to college and succeed and make a difference. What would it be like? How do you think God sees everybody? How do you think God sees the homeless person on the street or the murderer or the terrorist or 
somebody from another country that doesn't know his name. What do you think he thinks? He thinks, I love them and I just wish somebody, instead of drawing lines, would draw a circle and say, you know what? I love you. I don't love what you're doing. I don't love the mistakes you're making, but I believe that you are somebody that I came to die for. Draw circles, not lines. How do we draw circles? I want to turn to another passage where Jesus is really telling us uh, how, how ministry is supposed to look like. And I love this. This is the message paraphrase. If you're reading your Bible sometimes, pick this up. You can download uh, uh, our City Hills app. And there's all kinds of different Bible translations on there. And check, check out some different Bible translations because this is fun. Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge in Matthew 10. I love this. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. But go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You've been treated generously. So live generously. I love that. Don't be dramatic. Don't try to make some big line statement. Oh, we're right and you're so wrong. And look at how good we are. And look at how bad you are. Don't try to make some public spectacle of your relationship with God and the way that you reach out to people. Don't be dramatic. Don't you love that? He said, but just get out in your neighborhood. Love some people. Just touch some people that nobody else wants to mess with or deal with. See potential in people that everyone else has thrown away. Invite somebody that everyone else doesn't want to invite. Be somebody who's a circle drawer, not a line maker. Here's some, here's, here's some points I just want to bring straight out from this passage. Number one, stop trying to win arguments and start trying to win souls. Stop trying to win arguments and start trying to win souls. He says, don't try to travel to some far off place to convert unbelievers. Don't try to be so dramatic. What he's saying that you can either make a point or you can make a difference, but you can't make both. As a Christian, you can either make a point or you can make a difference, but you can't make both. See, these guys came and brought this lady in and they were trying to make a point. But do you think they made a difference? Do you think this lady wanted to be more like God because of the way that they drew their line? No, absolutely not. And why do we think people want to be more like Jesus whenever we want to argue and make some kind of a point for we're some great, perfect Christian person and we don't ever have problems. We've never made a mistake before. And I can't believe they're so bad and all the things they do and how the world's so bad. If it was me, you know, we have this attitude that we're drawing lines everywhere. And if we, can, if we are winning arguments, we're never winning souls. We win souls by drawing circles, by loving people, by listening to people. Be a listener. Don't don't show up at work like you're going to beat somebody up with the Bible. Show up and listen. I've learned everybody has a favorite subject. Everybody. It's themselves. We all have a favorite subject. And you are a master um, witness. If you can get people talking about In other words, if you can be the kind of person that you will listen to people. 
So tell me, who's your sister? What's, where, where, where do they live? How did, how did y'all grow up? What's your story? This one's even more powerful. What's your dream? That draws some circles. That says, you don't even have to believe what I believe. But you know what? I care about you. People don't care how much you know until they know first how much you care. Every person you meet, my dad used to share this with me all the time. Brandon said, every person you meet, you cannot lead people until they first answer three questions about you. Number one, do they care about me? Number two, can they help me? Number three, can I trust them? He says, if people answer yes to all three of those questions, they will follow you. The same, he told me that long before I was a pastor. Can people listen to you? Are you trustworthy? That has nothing to do with, well, I'll go to church. They should listen to me because, bless God, I can draw a line like nobody else. And do you see my Facebook post? I told them they were so bad. And I told them I would never do that. And I told them this and this and this and this. No one is coming to Jesus because you're doing that. But if you will be the kind of person that say, you know what? I love you even where you are. I care about you right where you are. Talk to me. Let me hear about your story. Let me hear about your life. People would rather be real. You know, that's what Jesus is saying. Don't try to be dramatic. Be real. You ever met someone that tried to be some kind of super Christian? You're like, get away. Like just inauthenticity. just stinks doesn't it you know when someone's not real be real someone would rather follow someone who's real than someone who's always right focus on always being real instead of always being right and people will want what you have see we connect through our weaknesses but we impress each other through our strengths A lot of times we only want to show people our strengths, but that does not connect us. It just impresses people. It's not real. But when we show our weaknesses, that connects us indelibly. I used to go to these, I would go to church conferences a lot, and I still still do. And to this day, the the, the sessions about that at these conferences that I've attended before that have impacted me the most is essentially whenever someone gets up, a lady or man or husband and wife, they get up and say, these are all the mistakes that we've made as a pastor. And, you know, I, you know what, I mean, and they just start talking about things that happened and issues that they had and problems. And you know what? Those moments have changed my life. Versus the people who get up and say, look how amazing we are. You know, we just put out a yard sign and 20,000 people showed up the next week. And, you know, I just wake up every day and God gives me sermons and I just write books. And people hand me millions of dollars. We give it to missionaries. And, you know, I mean, I walk away feeling like, I'm, what's wrong with me? You know, what's going on in my life? I don't feel connected to them. I just feel, I just, I, that's impressive. Like, but, but you know what? God never called us to be impressive. He called us to be real. He called us to be people. The Bible says if you're going to be leader and Lord of all, you need to be servant of all. In other words, you need to be real. You need to allow God, like, don't try to act like you've never had a problem. Two of the most powerful words you could ever speak to someone is, are the words, me too. Someone that doesn't know Christ telling about some struggle. You know what? Me too. I know what it's like. I've been there. I'm with you. We're, we're in this thing together. In other words, we're in the same circle. We both need God. We both need God in our life. Number two, love people where they are. Love people where they are. He said, go to the lost. 
didn't say, tell the lost to come here. Hey, lost. Hey, somebody open up that front door. We're going to tell all the lost to come to City Hills. Hey, lost, come to City Hills. He says, no, you go to the lost. Like, go to your workplace. Don't wait. You say, well, I don't have any friends at work. Well, that's, that's your problem. Go to somebody. Go to them. Go to them. Don't wait for the world to come to you. You should be the most, uh, conta- like, you, you should be the person that everybody wants to be connected. Why? Because you have a message that, that can change a life. You have something. You should be going to people. And how's your, how, you know, find out what somebody's kid's birthday is. How, give them a prayer. I don't know. Go to them. In other words, be the kind of person that's so contagious that you are interested in their life and you are going to them. Well, then they didn't say anything to me today. Well, did you say, like, doesn't matter. Go to them. Well, they got a bad attitude. Just go to them. Love people where they are. Don't give people, well, you did this to me, so I'm going to do this to you at work. And you treated me like this, and I'm going to treat you like this. And the server treats you bad. And you say, I'm going to tell them. We were, I was eating with some people the other day, and then we had a terrible server. I mean, a terrible server. And so I'm going to let my tip reflect, you know, what's going on. And I, I say this, in the name of Jesus, tip more than 20% at all times. And this is the law, saith Brother Shanks, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Tip, if you're going to go, and, and let me say that, if you don't tip more than 20%, do not leave a church card. Ever, <laughs> ever, 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 ever. It's real. I'm going to let my tip reflect it. They did a bad job. They did do a bad job. But I thought to myself, great line, awesome line drawing. I hope you feel good about yourself. You made a point. You sure didn't make a difference. You don't know that woman. You don't know if her husband has cancer and, and, and she's, she's trying to make the ends meet and he, he's out of work. and You don't know if her grandchild's and just got bad news. You, you don't know if her boss just slammed her for, or and told her. She, you don't know what happened. You may have missed the greatest opportunity to be able to share the love of Jesus with someone who didn't deserve it. You were so interested in making a point instead of drawing a line. Guys, we don't deserve the love that Jesus has shown us. I do not deserve to be on this stage. I do not deserve to even know his name. I do not deserve to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I do not deserve to know the name of Jesus. Guys, there are billions of people on this planet that have never heard the name of Jesus. And I do not deserve to be somebody that was raised in a home where they took me to church and I learned the word of God. And I, I don't deserve that. And I don't want to ever get over the fact that there are people that I in now can share and draw circles. And here's what you'll find. Here's what I've found. The people that you think are the worst in our society, you make, that, that people make, Christians make fun of for how they live or their lifestyle or what they do, or probably one of the reasons that they live the way that they live is because they've been hurt in some terrible ways. And they are the most in need of some Christian just saying, hey, I love you. Like they're not even ready maybe to even come to church with you yet, but they, they're all ready for you to say, hey, I love you. I care about you. 
I don't even know if you believe the same thing what I believe. I have friends in this city that are, that, that are Muslim. I have friends in this city that are Buddhist. I have friends in this city. We do not believe the same thing. But, but, but it's just at a coffee shop. Every time I see them, hey, uh, hey uh, good to see you. How are you doing? What's going on? And, you're, and what I'm praying is by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, will, through the, well, they'll see Jesus somehow. I don't even know how that works. But, but somehow they will see not me. They'll see Jesus. And not by making some point, but by making a difference. The question always people ask is, uh, what was Jesus drawing in the sand? It's a great, it's a great question. Some people say he was writing their sins like, uh, you know, Sally, Sally, you know. <laughs> sleeping with Sally two Tuesday nights ago and no one knew it but me, you know. And one guy's like, whoa, peace, I'm out. This guy... <laughs> This is more than I bargained for, you know. And they're like, stealing, cheating on your taxes from, you know, 19, you know, and, and ooh, I'm out of there, you know. And some people say Jesus was writing their sin. I don't know what he was writing, but here's what I think it was a picture of. He was getting his hands dirty. He was getting dirt on his hands. And you know what? Jesus specializes in getting dirt on his hands, and so should we. We should have dirty hands, everybody. Because we're touching dirty people. We're touching people that are broken and friends that have issues. That's, we should have, always have hands like our master had dirty hands. Because he, he made humanity from the dirt. Never forget that. He made humanity not out of gold or silver. But he made us out of the dirt. And he's specialized in getting his hands down in the dirt again. And he specialized in bringing beauty from dirty things. And, and, and I, I've questioned that sometimes. God, why didn't you make me out of gold and silver? You made the streets of gold and silver. Like, why? You got to make me out of dirt. Dirt's not worth anything. Our famous statement about dirt is he or she's cheaper than dirt. You know, like we never use dirt in a positive way, do we? You know, it's just dirt. You know, I, I, I can go out there and just get a handful of dirt and I can throw it on the ground. Nobody's going to run up here and want to put it in their pockets. Nobody, you know. They're like, get that dirt out of there. But God made us out of that. And I got thinking, why did God do that? I think because there's something about dirt that gold and silver can never possess. And it's more valuable. You know why? Because you can put a seed in the dirt. You can take a gold, gold bar and I could put a seed on it. And that seed will sit there all day long. But guys, you put a seed in the dirt... We talked last week about sowing seeds. You put the seed of the word of God in a dirty life, in somebody with issues and situation and proclivities that you disagree with and all these, you put it into their dirty life and what's going to happen? Something's going to begin to grow. Something's going to begin to come out of that dirt that, that, that couldn't, you know what? Your life is more valuable than you realize. Because you're planting seeds everywhere you go. You know what? Somebody that maybe not of my same religion, I'm planting a seed. Someone who's, who, who hasn't been to church in years, I'm planting a seed. Someone who, I'm just planting seeds, planting seeds in, in, in coworkers and friends and the person at Starbucks and in the cashier and the waitress. To, I'm just planting seeds everywhere I'm going. Why? Because there's a lot of dirt. And I believe God wants to bring some fresh growth and some fresh strength and some fresh calling out of people. Love them where they are. Don't wait till they change before you love them. Love people into it. If, if your marriage is, 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 is on the rocks and, and breaking down, love them already like it's healed. Treat them like it's already done. Treat them like they're already treating you better. Love them into their destiny. Don't wait well if they, just, if, if they would do better. If my boss would do better, then I'd, I'd work better. If he did better or she did better or whatever, I would do more. Then No, no, no. You do what God's called you to do just like and, and, and has nothing to do with that other person. Why? Because you're loving them where they are. 
Jesus didn't say, okay, now clean up. Now, what'd you really do? Okay, oh, that's bad. Okay, go get you some clothes on. Get, get better, and then, you know what? Go meet me at the temple. I'll be here in an hour. You better get cleaned up, and you better come back. Then I'll talk to you. No, he says, hey, I love you. I don't love what you're doing, but I love you. Go and sin no more. You think that changed her? Absolutely. Love, like Jesus, changes hearts, not line drawing. Here's the third thing. Make an invitation. Give people an invitation. Give people an invitation. What I, what, I, what I love to tell people, and this, this was helpful for me, I used to have so much condemnation that I wasn't a soul winner. People would say soul winners. We'd have these people come to church and they'd be like, hey, I you know, went to Walmart and 30 people got baptized. You know, by the time I got you know, down the, you know, the, the, the closed aisle, you know, I mean, they were just following after me. We went to the street and we baptized them all right there. And I'm thinking, God, I can do nothing. You know, I've, what I've learned is, my job is just to plant seeds. My job's not to get people from A to Z. That's God's business. My job's just to help people get from A to B. So that's what circle drawing does. It just helps people take one step. I want to show you this. This, this, this revolutionized my life whenever I started seeing how people grow. I just want to show you this. This is how people grow in their relationship with God. So this is a scale, and, I, and everybody's different, but I just want to show you as an illustration. This person is a negative six on the scale, and they're resistant. And I'll say this. Most of the time, people are resistant uh, to, to God or to the church because they've really been hurt by people bad. I had a man that I met not long after I moved here. He said, uh, I haven't been to church in 10 years. The last preacher, uh, the last time I went to church, he said, I had an earring in my ear, and the preacher... Um, said a, a word I'm not going to repeat in the pool, in, you know, in on stage today. But the, the preacher called him a very bad word in front of him. And he said, if that's what church is all about, I'm gone. Hadn't been to church in 10 years. And he, was, he, he came and he was on the launch team of this church and graduated college. And now he's doing his thing about an hour away. But, but he was resistant. But just a, 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 a friend, just someone that would just reach out to him. You know, he, I would just stand there and... and and, and he had a friend that had a house burned down, so we gave his friend some, some, some things, like some towels and things after his house had burned down. And that, that changed this other guy's life because he said, I didn't know Christians were like that. And he went from being resistant to receptive. And then someone goes from being receptive to now they're seeking. So they're seeking, okay, is Jesus real? What's this all about? And from seeking, they go to a place where they're considering. I haven't made a decision, but I'm, but I'm really thinking about it. I'm thinking if this thing is worth it or if this thing's real. And from there, they go from considering to understanding. Okay, Jesus did die, and this is who he is, and this is what I want to do. And then they go from understanding to they're ready. And then from being ready to a new life in Christ, they say, I want, yes, I want to give my life to God. And the sad thing is the only thing that we celebrate on this journey is that too many times. We, we meet somebody randomly, and they're... They cross the line of faith and they, God changes their life. And we're like, yeah, look what I did. And it's like, no, 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 no. 
God did all of these other things. Somebody that you didn't even know, maybe it was a grandmother that's been praying and they went from receptive to seeking. Maybe it was someone that was kind to them at Starbucks and they went from seeking to considering something that the Holy Spirit used. That. And you were just there. You had an opportunity to help them go from being ready to giving their life to Jesus. But it doesn't end there. I love this. The second, next thing is they go from new life to Christ to belong. They come to church and they realize, man, there are people, I don't, they, they don't even, like, they have issues, we have issues. I belong here. I can find a group of people that we can deal with our marriage and we can deal with our problems, we can deal with our addictions. I belong here. And then they go from belonging to growing. Now I'm growing in my faith. Now I'm, now I'm growing. Now I'm becoming more like Christ. And they go from growing to serving. You see, you're planting seeds not just in people that don't know Jesus, but you can plant a seed today by inviting someone who's just maybe just came to church for the first time. Invite them to say, hey, you want to go out to eat? You want to come to my small group? You want to come and be a part? And what are you doing? You're helping people grow. They're going from, now they're belonging, now they're growing, now they're serving, and now they're sharing. They're saying, oh man, i got to tell somebody else about what God has done in my life. Church, I just wanted to tell you and show you, your job's not to take people from A to Z. That's God's business. Your job is just to draw some circles around some people that need the love of God and give them an invitation to a new life in Christ. Give them an invitation. Statistically, over 80% of people that come um, that, that are in church today say they came because someone invited them. I love this about the story. Jesus says, go and sin no more. He tells the disciples to say, the kingdom is here. What is he saying? Invitation. Don't say no for people. Give people an opportunity to, for an invitation. It's really the question I have for us. Who in your world can you give an invitation to? Who in your world can you just, through the love and kindness of God, reach out to and share the love of God with? Be as simple as grabbing your wallet or grabbing your purse and grabbing a church card. Hey, you got anywhere you're going for Easter? Love for you to come and hang out with us. You're going to love it. My pastor is the best looking guy you've ever seen in your life. I got one amen over there. That's good. That's the only one that matters. But here's the thing. Make an invitation. Draw some circles. When you leave today, they're gonna, you're going to be handed some invitation cards. But you're also going to be handed, if I have, there we go, some chalk. And I want this piece of chalk to represent to you the way in which you're going to love some people this week. Who's your one person that you can reach out to this week and just share God's love with? Let's pray.